Before we start this next season of The Modern Teenager, we would like to thank all of you guys for your support. You've given us this incredible opportunity to spread positivity and proactivity, and we want to know what you guys think we should do to make this the best listening experience possible. Your input matters a lot. What do you guys want to hear about? What stories and experiences should we look out for? How do we diversify and keep pushing ourselves? If you guys want to reach out, feel free to check out our website at vvvici.org. That's vvvici.org. Thank you for everything and hope you enjoy this episode. Today features Ernest Owens, an award-winning journalist and on the Forbes 30 under 30 list of influential figures. Let me tell you something, this guy is nothing short of impressive and we hope you love him and his story as much as we did. Doing what you love is hard to do. Figuring out what you love to do and actually being able to do it is an achievement within itself. And people sometimes say, yeah, 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 get a job, whatever. But no, really doing what you like to do and feeling good about it, that is an achievement within itself. Welcome back to The Modern Teenager, the podcast where we interview adults to learn and grow from them. Today on the show, we have Mr. Ernest Owens, who is on the Forbes 30 under 30 list, which is absolutely impressive. He's a visionary social advocate who we're really excited to talk to today. First, we are going to do rapid fire questions, and then we're going to transition into more lengthier, fruitful conversation. Okay, so I'm just going to start off with the first question. Um, What was your first job? First paid job? I was working for... Comcast. I was a program coordinator and I was only there for a month before I quit and did journalism full time. That was my first like paid job that wasn't internship. Can you give us one word to describe yourself? Ambitious. What is your greatest accomplishment? Knowing what my passion is early. What's your greatest strength? Having foresight. What's your favorite city in America? It changes all the time depending on my mood. I will say... As far as an experience goes, I will say New Orleans. I love the time I had in New Orleans, but it could be LA either day. But I'll say New Orleans because I just, I just like how, that, how I had a good time there. But it might change next week. What's your greatest weakness? I take on too much. I, I can overwhelm myself. Rebellion or conformity? Rebellion. What's the most courageous thing you've ever done? Deciding that I wanted to do be independent journalists permanently. Like I wanted to be an independent journalist. Like I made up my mind that that was what I wanted to do permanently. I didn't want to commit myself full time to a company. I wanted to work independent and do it on my own terms. What is something you look for in a friend? Consistency. What's the most regretful thing you've ever done? I didn't come out earlier. Um, I'm openly gay, but I hadn't come out earlier to my family. I would have Knowing how they would have responded, I guess retrospective is is 2020. I wish I would have came out earlier to them. I think things would have just made more sense. Thank you. Yeah. So now we're going to transition into this lengthier discussion, conversation about, I mean, where we essentially learn who Mr. Ernest Owens is and what he's done. So I'm going to ask you this really vague, but kind of specific question. What do you think is the most fateful thing you've ever done in your life? Leaning into my writing early, like public speaking, writing skills, 
Like I knew something was there early that I was a good public speaker and a good writer. And so I lean into those skills very early in my career and very early in my life, actually. And that was through the help of my family. And there was something there. I didn't know what it was going to look like, but I, I leaned into that. Um, and so my writing and communication skills, not knowing I would be a journalist, but thinking, oh, maybe politician, a lawyer. But I leaned in on those skills very early. And I would say that that decision um, determined a lot of outcomes for me that surpassed high school to college to now. Mm -hmm. You talked about how you wanted to be a journalist. Can you tell us a little bit about why you enjoy journalism so much? Yeah, um, I think, you know, for me, journalism is an opportunity to be a bunch of different jo jobs that I've always wanted to do, but I'm able to do it in one. And I, and I, didn't, I, didn't, I haven't come to understand that until recently, but like all the things that I love to do or I love to do throughout my career, I'm able to do in this profession. So I had a background in doing theater arts and, and musicals and theater and public speaking and speech and debate. And I thought initially that, oh, I need to be an actor. That was my aspirations in middle school because that's all I did. I loved it. I loved the stage. And then, you know, I realized very quickly, you know, I'm actually pretty smart and have all this knowledge about random things and I love history and so I thought you know I need to be an actor but with more substance and that was being a politician <laughs> and so I was like oh maybe I should be a politician and I because I you know I graduated from high school in 2010 and went to Penn in 2010 and so Obama was president and got had got elected in 2009 I ran for class president um, he was inaugurated in 2009. I got elected class president of my high school, senior class president in 2009 and that's in that spring. So I was very much on this, you know, I, you know, representation matters. I saw a black president. I said, oh, I can do that. And that was aspirational. And so, you know, again, thinking about my, you know, academic pedigree, I was also the valedictorian. I was Mr. Everything. And I was like, this, adding these things will lead to this. So I was just doing all of this deductive reasoning. And then by the time I got to college, you know, things are more complicated. You begin to study, you begin to read and learn things you never knew about the field, about what it means to be a politician and what it means. And you realize, eh, I don't think I like that as much. But the passion of the things that I love to do, public speaking, being inquisitive, seeking truth, investigating, um, all of these things, being a journalist had all of those things. I could be on TV. I can speak my mind. I can have opinions. I can inform public policy. I can, you know, argue and debate people about issues that matter. And I can have a lot of influence without um, having to pick or choose either one. And so I feel like the profession of journalism allows you, if you do it right, you can have all of the things that other careers you probably grew up wanting into one profession. I get to be on TV. I get to see myself in a newspaper. I get to be quote unquote famous, whatever that means. But I also get a chance to impact people's lives and be everywhere and, you know, talk about important things and still use all of my brain. Because I always felt like certain jobs was going to limit, you know, my ability to be as smart as I wanted to be. And in journalism, the smarter you are, the better you are in your reporting and in your work. So I love it. 
Thank you. Um, so from what it sounds like you, you've almost, it sounds like you've done this a lot based on, or on your own, like by yourself. Um, no one was really there to support you. You kind of did a lot of your own deductive reasoning, as you said, to really like kind of narrow yourself into this uh, career path. And you've loved it so far and you've been incredibly successful with it, as I can see. Um, I know that you've uh, talked about Obama and how he inspired you um, from what he's done and his achievements, but is there anyone personally who's inspired you and pushed you on your career path to become what you are today? Yeah, I think for me, you know, my family, my mom and my grandmother, especially my great grandfather, um, definitely are huge influences. Um, I think everyone knew and they were very much like throughout my entire life, like encouraging me to advance and do something great. Like that, there was always a conversation, you're going to a college, you're going to a great college, what kind of college, an Ivy League school, you're going to do all these great things. It was, it was a very much understanding that I was going to do something great. Um, no one knew what it was. We, everyone tried to figure out what it was. Everyone was like, oh, it's going to be a lawyer. It's going to be a doctor. It's going to be this. It's going to be that. So everyone had like ideas of what success meant. But I think what made my experience unique was that I was the one who kind of put the label and defined what the career was that I was going to be successful in. They spoke, you know, my success out loud. And, and so I was very confident growing up that I was going to do great things. And it also, and I also did, I was very much active in high school, middle school and all those things. But I think for me, once I got to college, I had the uh, ability and the maturity to kind of pick what career I wanted to be successful in. Um, and so I think that was the difference from a lot of my friends. They kind of went to college and their parents told them what they were gonna do. They were like, look, we have three generations of doctors in our family, so you're going to be a doctor too. Um, and so there was, there was almost a, 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 a expectation set on them that they didn't have a choice. And what I loved the most growing up was that my parents and, and my grandparents and, and my great-grandmother, my great-grandfather, they didn't put this aggressive push on what my career was going to be. They just knew that there would be a career and there will be success. And they just wanted to help me get to that point. Um, and then once I went to college, I figured out what I loved. I ran with it and the success was there based on that experience. Just a quick follow-up. Do you think that even if there's aggressive um, encouragements, I guess, uh, to put it, were placed on you, do you think you still would have chosen this career path, even though um, uh, your parents and uh, your elders may have pushed you to do something else? That's a good question. I don't know. I don't know. I think uh, it would have been harder um, for certain because I have friends that I think about now and colleagues that they had to really be rebellious um, in what they wanted to do. I have friends who went to law school and then did law school, got the JD, and then switched careers into journalism because they just wanted parents happy that they had a JD. I wasn't going to go into crazy debt to prove a point to my parents. <laughs> but I've had friends who like literally switched careers when they were super grown. Like I'm 28, like I'm grown now, but there were friends of mine who waited to be 26 and 27 before they changed their careers. And I just wondered to myself, if I would have did that, like how behind, how many years of my journalism career I would have had behind? I mean, some of these people are doing it now at their early 30s. Like you missed the opportunity to be on the Forbes on the 30 list, you know? But, you know, I just think about how much time you waste 
you know, trying to do something completely that you don't want to do. And so I would, to answer your question, I think I may have done it, but I would have wasted so much time. And honestly, I would have probably even been more discouraged to do journalism later um, after putting myself in a career. Because let me tell you something, when you get older, life comes at you quick and you start having to make decisions that you don't even have to think about now. Like, where am I going to live? Um, you know, who will I marry? What will they want to do? All of those things. Like, I'm engaged now, and I'm fortunate to be engaged with someone who I met in college. Go to college, meet the person you want to marry in college if you're lucky. But I'm in a place where, like, fortunately, I'm with someone that understands my work. They're in communications as well, but they don't do journalism. So we kind of understand the field. We both were like the majors at Penn, the same, like, exact program and everything. So that kind of helps. But it's just also, too, um, you know, when you get older, you have to make decisions outside of yourself. And so as selfish as you can, as much as you want to make, be independent and solo, the time that you have before you make those adult decisions, hopefully you can figure out what your career interests are before you have to make bigger decisions. Because um, it gets harder. You know, I have friends who are, you know, who have gotten married, now have kids, and they want to make career changes and things, and they are, but it's a lot harder because now they have to think about, they can't just move, right? They can't just switch salaries because you get paid and money matters. And so, you know, it's hard to just say, okay, I'm going to quit this job I've been working that's been paying good for five years to do something that I don't know may or may not work. Um, and so for me, I took risks early. Um, making adjustments and changes early in my career, like right after I got out of college, um, to really um, take advantage of what I have today. And it's paid off, you know, years, what, six years out of school, six years out of college, I'm now in my master's program. And it's, it's so clear to me what I want to do. And I love what I do. And I think everybody else do, right? So it works better now that way. I, I really liked your point about how you found your own version of success. And I was wondering, what is your version of success? What do you define as a successful career, as a, I don't know, a fruitful life? Can you take me through your thought process there? Absolutely. Um, I think, yeah, I think for me, that's when I got to a really good piece of peace, a very good state of mind about um, my personal attributes is like defining what success looks like to me. And in the work that I do in journalism, um, especially in industry like this, um, I am independent. And so I work for various media publications. I've been published in New York Times. Um, I've been on CNN. I've done a lot of work for The Nation, MTV News, BT, a lot of your favorite media companies and publications. I've probably have been there um, and have done work as an independent journalist there. And so for me, what I've learned is that I've seen friends who have worked at the biggest places biggest name companies, you know, New York Times, MSNBC, Fox News, but they've worked everywhere. And, you know, what I've noticed is that measuring how they felt successful and what they don't. I have friends who have Pulitzer Prizes and I'm like, oh my God. I have other friends that's on a Forbes under 30 list. Some of them were before me and, you know, we, they were just waiting for me to come through the door. Um, I got in at 28, I'm 28 and I was like, okay, I'm getting there. <laughs> <laughs> but I have friends who've done it. And what's interesting is that you think that when you see these people, you know, they're set, you know, they, they're going to, they're happy, but it's all relative, you know? And so for me, success has been being able to do what I love, 
be able to take care of myself while doing it and working in a safe and productive environment. Those are my basic essentials, but there's something very important and people take it for granted, but it's very crucial. Doing what you love is hard to do. Figuring out what you love to do and actually being able to do it is an achievement within itself. And people sometimes say, yeah, 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 get a job, whatever. But no, really doing what you like to do and feeling good about it, that is an achievement within itself. Being paid to do it is also a major achievement because that's how your livelihood is. And doing those things in a very safe and supportive environment is also crucial. And so I think I have gotten to a place in my life where I have achieved all three. All three of those things were not simultaneous. It's like a missing shoe. So meaning like, okay, doing what I love. At one point in my life, I wasn't doing journalism full time and, and doing it as much as I love. I was at a point where I was trying to get there, but I wasn't fully confident in it. There was a lot of setbacks. I wasn't fully there. And then once I finally got to do it, I was like, oh my God, I love it. I'm, I'm doing it. I'm making it happen. But then the next point comes of like, okay, getting paid to do it, not being exploited, like really doing it. Because you, you have a lot of musicians that are starving artists, like musicians, singers, writers, and poets, and people who do what they love, but they're not getting paid. So being able to get paid for my work and actually being able to make a living off of it was also very crucial. So then you master those two things and it becomes, okay, well, what is my environment like? Are my friends and family supportive? Are the people around me there? Do I have a life? Do I have a social life? Do I feel like I have friends and other people that are around me? That's also very important to maintain and support your career. And so I have been, I'm fortunate to have all three of those things. And so I do feel in a, in a level successful. And I think that it's, it's success is very personal. I think people think of success as being oftentimes what the public perceives. But there's a lot of people who have public success, but they don't have personal success. How they feel about their work personally, you know, and versus what it's, it feels like publicly are two different things. And some of the greatest artists and musicians and people that you admire, who you may say was probably successful most of their career, you can look at the way they live personally and what they live personally did not reflect how they live publicly or how they were perceived publicly. And so... For me, it's more important about how I have success personally versus publicly. Because publicly, you know, the pe people are up and down here and there. People change, trends change, stuff around you change. But how you feel personally about yourself, you know, you don't want that to change in ways that, you know, discourage you. Do you think those um, three factors that like really contribute to you feeling successful, do you think it is uh, possible to achieve them simultaneously? Yeah, I think so. But, but oftentimes, you know, you, you know, I would say, I don't know, it could be. I always feel like, though, at least from personal experience and the experience of other friends of mine who would, who would say they were successful in that way, one thing led to the other or one thing had to get one thing helped support another thing that gave them a revelation about something else that encouraged them to do the next thing. It's like a, a complicated puzzle. And so you, you never get it all at once. It kind of, you know, sometimes one thing kind of inspires the other, which gets the other. So I would say for me, I first had a supportive family and friend circle that encouraged me to do journalism and do what I love. They encouraged me to do that. And when I was able to get the energy and the confidence to do journalism full time and do it like with full passion, 
then it was them who also advocated for me to get the confidence to really fight to get equitable pay, to get um, into certain rooms and get opportunities and to really take risks. And that's how I got to that third point. But somebody's personal puzzle may be different. They might find the job that they love and get paid doing what they love. But then from that experience, they start to realize, oh my goodness, I need to get a social life. I need to reconnect with my family. I need to do other things. That might come as a result of those other experiences. So it's, it's all intersect, you know, or you make money and you're making money and you have lots of money, but you're not doing what you love. And you might need your friends and family support to encourage you to pivot and change careers, even if you're making a lot of money. So you have the money to support yourself to do the career that you want to do. So it always like a, a mixed match puzzle. Um, and I think, you know, it, it could happen simultaneously maybe, but oftentimes it's always something else that leads to the other um, experience before you get there full turbo. Thank you. Um, just a quick follow up. Do you think that you're still missing, as you said before, one of those shoes that could be contributing to your success? Do you think you could be more successful in the future in any aspect of your life? And if so, are there any ways that you want to achieve it specifically? I think that, you know, the thing about where I'm at now is that I am very content with what I'm doing. If it, it like, there's always ambition to do more, but it's it's not rooted in a in a lack of. It's just more about just growing, expanding. Like I will say that I can honestly say that if for whatever reason, which is not going to happen, but if, if if time was to say we are going to stop your growth and your career at this point, and you can only do the work that you're doing at this level, at this speed, at this expansion, I will be okay with that. But Clearly, you know, I'm only 28. I have more life to live. I have more things to do. And I would like to expand what I'm currently doing. But I don't have this sense of I'm, I'm not doing my destiny. I'm not doing what I want to do. I want to do what I'm doing now, but I want to evolve with it like I evolve with age. Like it's kind of like wine. It gets better with time. It's like my mentality is like what I'm doing right now is the work that I really love doing and I want to do. And I just want to continue to do it even better as I get older. It's like being a piano player. You know, if you're really, if you're a protege and you know how to play, the older you get, the better you get, the more complex it becomes, the more fun it becomes. You know, and I think that's how I look at this work. It's, it's, I'm already doing what I love to do and I just want to just enhance it and make it better. That's crazy here. Yeah. I really love one point where you're talking about how you have an amazing support structure about, I mean, it's from what I've heard, you, it seems like you have an amazing group of friends that support you, that uplift you and encourage you. And I mean, as well as your family, right? Uh, they're extremely supportive and proud of exactly what the things you've done. And I'm, that's amazing to hear. And my question was, how do I pivot myself so that I can get that same support structure, get that same network of people who uplift me? How do I essentially reach out to the people that are actually going to care about me in the future? I think, you know, honestly, it's, it's hard. It can be hard. And I think everyone is born in different circumstances and families and different things. And, um, it, 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 you know, everyone's in different places in their lives and transitions. I would say, you know, for me, you know, what I love most is that no matter where I went, I built a sense of community and connections with people based on, um, the relationships I have socially, um, I always tell people that it's family is such a very um, 
um, complex word. You know, some people look at family as the people who birthed them and the people they immediately are. But you will find that with many creatives and sick talent, you know, family means different words and different things. And so, you know, I have built a really good friend circle in college. I have a lot of great college friends that I'm still friends with to this day. Um, many of them are going to be a part of my wedding and, you know, I've supported them and my college roommate that I, I know for years in college, we're still best friends to this day. He's going to be my uh, fiance's best man. And I think what's been important is that you have the ability to choose who you want in your support system. So whether it's in your career, it's in the industry, like in the industry, I'm, I'm really good friends with a lot of great journalists that I've looked up to. Some of them are mentors to me. Some of them are like, you know, cousins and aunts that I never had. Um, some of them are big sisters and big brothers. And they are people that I really um, trust and they trust me and they support me. They write me letters of recommendation. I come on their TV show as special guests when they need someone to come on the radio or TV. And I've built this conglomerate of like people in my profession. And so I think what's important is that as you get older, you look at the different, um, you know, circles and different things you do and build networks. And I feel like in high school, people do it already. I remember in high school, I had like my theater troupe family and folks that I did theater arts with. And we were like close, close. And then there was like, I did science fair. And I had like a network of like folks in science fair that were like my science fair folks and peeps. And I think when you get older, you just find those networks and those people is how you build that group. And I think honestly, before you can do that, you have to come to a sense of like a level of confidence with yourself about who you are and what you want to do. You may not know exactly what you want to do, but just having a sense of self of like, okay, this is my values. These are the kind of people I want to meet. These are the things I like to do. And like having that kind of reassurance, um, is helpful for you because then you'll know how to spot people that mean well and who to, how to spot people that don't. Thank you. Um, first off, I want to say thank you for giving us your time. We, we really appreciate you investing in us and um, giving all that you have to offer. And in addition, um, as we're starting to wrap up, as we're getting closer to 30 minutes, are there any final words that you want to say or any uh, slogans or mottos that you live by that you may want to tell us? Yeah. Oh, gosh. I think one of the most important um, things that I would tell people is a metaphor that I've had as a writer um, that I look at um, in my life as a journalist. Like it's a journalism, it's a journalism metaphor, but it works for life. Is that the first draft is never the final draft, and so in your life, you know, you have the ability, like a great article, a great story. Um, a great book, a great investigative piece. You have the ability as the editor, you're the editor of your life. You have the ability to revise things, freshen up things, make changes, you know, in your life, in your draft. And although there's, those drafts don't always ever go away permanently, you have the ability to revise it for a new reader. And in your life, you have, you make mistakes, you do things that you look back and say, oh, I wish I would have done that better. You get a new page every day to revise, a new opportunity to change that narrative in your life based on decisions you make that day. And that's how I look at drafts. Like when I do my first draft, it's never the one, the final draft. It's never the one that everyone's going to read. It has errors. It has mistakes. It has 
phrasings that don't make sense and thoughts that, that didn't make sense that were blurry. And then you get a chance to go back and be the editor and say, okay, looking at this now, I want to change some of that. And you have the ability to until you work on that draft. And as it gets better, the reader understands it more and you become hopefully a better person like that story is. And so that's how I look at life. I think we all have the ability to be editors in our life, to revise and revision um, the story about ourselves. And, you know, the more you get up and willing to, you know, spell check and, and, and fact check and do all those things in your personal life to your who you are as a person, the better the reader in the world is to receive it. Thank you. Wow. That's a beautiful response, honestly. That's an amazing point to end on. I mean, we're super happy that you took the time out of your day. I'm, I'm not joking. We're so happy that we have to reiterate this all the time that we love talking to you because, I mean, we learn so much. We're just kids. We're trying to understand the world. And it's been a ton of fun. I mean, I can't wait what what's going to happen in the future. I'm, I'm going to be looking forward to like any time you publish an article and stuff. I'll, I'll look out for it specifically. That's awesome. Mm-hmm.